What do we know about our high net worth donors during times of economic and health crises? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Dr. Una Osley, who has a wide range of expertise nationally and internationally on philanthropy and fundraising. And she also leads our work on high net worth donors. And before we launch into that topic, which I know you're very interested to learn about, we continue to extend our best wishes during these times for your personal health and safety as you continue to do that frontline work with the people you serve, the causes that you address. And of course, we all have full confidence in one another that we're practicing that social distancing when we need to be with other people, we're practicing that physical distancing. And that's why my guests and I are a little bit farther <laughs> apart than we normally are. If you follow the video versions of these podcasts, as I have great respect for my colleague, Dr. Una Osley. So Una, we've been talking so much in this special series of podcasts as we all deal with the novel coronavirus crises about fundraising and about philanthropy. But you have delved deeply for us in the past on high net worth donors. What do we know about the high net worth donors when we think about crises in the past that we can apply to today? Well, thank you, Bill. And this is a great question, a great time to be asking those questions. But we also want to be clear. We have never faced a moment like this. This is very unusual. What our data do tell us is that philanthropy is a core value for American households. And for high net worth donors and high net worth households more generally, philanthropy is very central to what they do. How do we know this? Well, a majority of those households give uh, over 90% in most of the years that we've conducted this study. And during disasters of all kinds, natural disasters, economic crises, we've also seen many of those high net worth donors step up. And what that means is that disaster giving does not reduce their other giving. We've seen those high net worth donors give to disasters on top of their regular gifts. This is important because I think the myth for many uh, nonprofits and fundraisers is that disaster giving can perhaps reduce other types of giving. That is not what the data show from the high net worth study, which you know we've been conducting since 2005, a national sample of high net worth households and their giving. And these patterns have been very consistent over time in terms of number one, high rates of giving, and number two, disaster giving, actually boosting overall giving rather than suppressing it. I'd like to go uh, discuss more about high net worth donors, but if I could please ask you to unpack your very first comment which is this crisis, very serious, is unique. This is not Katrina. This is not 9-11. This is not Hurricane Harvey. This is not the tsunami hitting Sri Lanka. What did you mean by that? Why is this time different? This is unprecedented. Certainly it is the defining public health crisis of our lifetime. The mm. World Health Organization recently term this a pandemic, which means we have to look really far back into our past to get parallels. And the closest parallel we could find in the data is really the influenza outbreak, um, 1918 mm. to 1919, that affected a large population globally. It's estimated about 50 million people were affected. Um, during that crisis, just as we're seeing today, we did see many communities step up, nonprofit organizations such as the American Red Cross, such as the uh, American Lung Association, what's the American Lung Association today, played a central role in communities around the country. And we also saw that in many communities, leaders uh, had a role to play. So high net worth donors uh, around the country, we're already seeing that happen with um, in different communities. 
whether uh, foundations are playing a role, community foundations are playing a role, and in many of those instances, whether in Seattle or in San Francisco or here in the Midwest in Indianapolis, we're seeing that philanthropic leadership is uh, vital. So high net worth households are giving even in, in crises periods, and we're seeing that they're giving on top of their um, regular donations. And some of the distinctives in terms of why this uh, situation is unique compared to some of the others is a hurricane. We're told a few days ahead of time before it's going to happen. It happens in a defined time period, and the philanthropic sector has direct ways of relief. One difference is this is just kind of stretching out. Every day it's a new story. You can meet with, you know, no more than 500 people. Right. Well, actually now it's 50. Well, now it's actually 10. Right. You know, and that's just one simple example of how this changes by the day. One sports league is putting things on pause. The other sports thing is shutting everything down. Every day it seems to be a new story. So that uncertainty is a little bit different. Plus, where we might donate to a nonprofit to provide food after a hurricane, we're not donating to the mask companies and the ventilator companies and some of the urgent needs. So this is a little bit of a different time. We can learn from history, but we're also in a new plowing period. some new grounds. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think the points you made are very important to note here. Uncertainty is a factor here. No one really knows the scope and the scale and the timeline for this disaster. There isn't a playbook that nonprofits can turn to. Um, what we do have assurance, though, is that um, in our organizations, we can provide the type of leadership that's needed and that we can engage our supporters, especially the high net worth households, but all of our stakeholders in uh, thinking through how do we provide the kind of leadership and the um, certainty that our, our organizations need. So while our environment, the macro environment, the economy itself, uh, a lot of the aspects of this crisis we can't control, I think what we have our best bet is actually where we can start to uh, define what our role is in this crisis and understand that high net worth donors can be part of the solution. What we've seen from the high net worth study is that increasingly high net worth donors not just want to write a check, but they also want engagement with a cause. And so uh, for any nonprofit, regardless of your mission, this is a chance to engage your donors. For your high net worth donors, also think about how best to engage them during this crisis. Your mission um, is still vital. Um, I think that's something we learned from other uh, crises. And in this case, it's no different. Many organizations have a role to play in finding a solution. And again, we have a lot of unique aspects of the current crisis. That doesn't mean we can't learn at all from what's happened in the past. And Una, you talked about that the high net worth donor study has been happening since 2005, which means we have data on what happened during and after the Great Recession. So right. when, again, as we follow the news here and the stock market challenges, we always hear well, this is just like 2008. Well, this is how it compares to 2008. So what about philanthropy and fundraising? If you look at the Great Recession, are there any particular lessons with high net worth donors that we can be mindful of as we think about those high net worth donors today? Absolutely. One learning from uh, the 2008 crisis is that there are many donor types. So we often think about individual donors when we think about high net worth donors, but keep in mind uh, donor types can include foundations, 
uh, individuals as well as corporate giving. For high net worth donors, uh, their foundations often depend on a three-year rolling, rolling average, and we saw that many foundations actually increased their giving during the 2008 uh, crisis. In some ways, foundation giving was actually counter-cyclical during the crisis. Hmm. So while an individual donor may reduce their giving during a crisis, a foundation may still have their payout requirements to meet, and so many foundations, especially those in communities most affected by the 2008 financial crisis, actually stepped up their giving to meet needs. Corporations vary in their uh, impact or how they're impacted by the crisis. So we saw during the 2008 uh, recession, some industries were very hard hit and some were uh, relatively unaffected uh, or not as impacted. And in this crisis, I think we have some of those same uh, varying responses by industry type. So some corporations may be in a good position to partner or support during the crisis. And we are talking a lot about individuals here, but you also raised very wisely foundations. Yes. Uh, and even though uh, just about all of them have their money invested in the stock market, some of them use two and three and four year rolling averages. So this plummet hasn't affected those foundations right. yet. And the 5% payout is not a maximum, that's right. a minimum. And we are hearing that some of the foundations are saying during this time, we're gonna go beyond the 5%. Right. Uh, help us understand the foundation world. Right, so keep in mind when we think about foundations, many of them have uh, individuals that are associated with them, but they do have a payout requirement. And that payout requirement is not affected necessarily just by today's stock market, but what happened last year and two years ago. And we've also had the last few years pretty uh, solid and in some cases really record growth in the stock market. So foundations may not be uh, as impacted in the short term by this crisis. And so important for nonprofits and fundraisers to keep in mind that there are a variety of donor types. When we're talking about high net worth donors, there are also different opportunities to engage them. Some might be directly as an individual donor, some may be through their private foundations. And we have corporate donations, Corporations may be uh, able to partner in terms of providing in-kind donations. Um, and so thinking about the variety of ways that high net worth donors can participate uh, in uh, this type of environment is important. Now, I can also tell our audience that in addition to her considerable expertise, Dr. Una Osley is one of our School of Philanthropy's best fundraisers, and she's not directly on the fundraising team, which I lead for the School of Philanthropy. Uh, she's an accomplished fundraiser herself. So, uh, Una, as we summarize here, what advice do you have for fundraisers, whether they're interacting with high net worth donors or just overall, as we're all in this together with this coronavirus crisis? My advice is actually very simple. Uh, make your case for support, engage your donors, be flexible in this time period. Remember that um, all, all crises are opportunities. Uh, no matter how we look at them, they're opportunities for us to build relationships, to make our case for support, and to engage our community in the work that we're doing. Uh, this is not the time to shut our doors. This is the time to think creatively about how we can find opportunity and bring communities together even in this time of crisis. Yeah, the philanthropic sector is the place of association. The philanthropic sector is what Robert Payton called the place we can give the gift of human presence. And all of that can still happen, even with social distancing during such times as this. Dr. Una Osley, thank you so much for that realistic yet 
hope-filled message. Appreciate yes. that very much. You can learn more about the fundraising school's offerings because we're still open for business uh, at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You'll learn more about our online courses, which are still going on. And as market demand uh, dictates, we can add more online courses right now as our in-person courses are on hiatus for the time being. Uh, and we also right now during this pandemic crisis have a series of weekly webinars. Those webinars are free uh, and they're more conversation than presentation, meaning Certainly we'll have our expert faculty and research team talking with you in very pragmatic terms, but there are a lot of, uh, a lot of time is available in these webinars for you to ask questions, share your ideas, and yes, even commiserate with your stress and your worry. We're here with you as your career-long colleague. We have these free podcasts that come out new every Monday, and of course they're archived on our website as well. That address, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. With Dr. Una Osley, I'm Bill Stajakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Thank you.